Welcome to Paradigms on WBKM. This is episode number 80, May 29th, 2011. A big black dog, a little too much gray around the muzzle. A big black dog, why she ended up. Good evening. This is Baruch, host of Paradigms. Welcome to another edition of our show. Very happy to be with you tonight. Tonight we're focusing on the issue of animal rescue in the United States, the plight of homeless animals, and solutions to help them. Things we can all do, from adopting animals to helping local shelters and rescue organizations. 
That song was Big Black Dog. That's from Emmylou Harris's new album, Hard Bargain. Emmylou has a dog rescue in Tennessee that she has founded called Bonaparte's Retreat. There's a link on our website, paradigms.bz to bonapartsretreat.org. You can check it out. It's a great song and a person who is really committed to the welfare of animals, something I think we can all relate to. If you've ever loved an animal, had a pet, or even just connected with an animal somewhere, all kinds of animals, you know, we commune with other species and it enriches us. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Our first interview is with Joanne from the Humane Society. Let's get into that interview right now on Paradigms. My name is Joanne Borbo. I'm the Senior State Director for Vermont and New Hampshire for the Humane Society of the United States. Joanne, thank you for taking some time to talk with me. Really interested in the situation that animals are experiencing in this country right now. Can you talk some about the scope of the situation and just what you're aware of and, and what your work is? The Humane Society of the United States, our mission is very clear. Um, it's celebrating animals and confronting cruelty. So we work on various fronts to protect animals from, from cruelty. And, of course, overpopulation and the, the fact that we have to euthanize 4 million dogs and cats in this country every year, that's one pet every eight seconds is euthanized because they don't have a home, is also a very large concern for companion animals, certainly. I just have to say that out loud again. 4 million. 4 million. It's a holocaust. That's, and that's nationwide. It is. And, and there are a lot of shelters and rescue groups and organizations like the Humane Society of the United States that are working toward solutions to that problem, which include uh, spay and neuter is, is obviously one way and, and something that we promote to, to prevent animals from being born in the first place. Uh, when I was, uh, I worked in a, in a shelter, a, sort of a medium-sized shelter that took in 3,000 animals every year uh, before I came to uh, the Humane Society of the U.S. And, and certainly back then in the late 80s and early 90s, it was even a, a bigger problem here in New England. I mean, we are lucky in this region of the country that our uh, euthanasia numbers are not as high as in some areas like down south where, you know, they're still euthanizing, you know, almost the majority of animals that come through their doors. In Vermont, we have an 85% adoption success rate reported by members of the Vermont Humane Federation for, for finding pets new homes. So we're very lucky, but we also work in partnership with other shelters in our sister states down south. We had a group, uh, the Central Vermont Humane Society and Vermont Companion Animal Neutering Incorporated that just brought up some dogs from Alabama just last week that would or were in their overcrowded shelters and add that to the their tornadoes and the other issues that they're having down there now, um, their shelters are just busting at the seams, as you can imagine. So we do have a lot of people here in the New England region who are always looking for small dogs, medium-sized dogs, who you know certainly would rather go to their local shelter first to adopt, and that's certainly what we always advocate for is try your local shelter first. And um, that's you know, a great place to find a, find a wonderful pet. So how would someone find their local shelter? Well, in Vermont, we have the Vermont Humane Federation has a website, which is just vermonthumane.org, where they can go in and find our members. They can also go to the various websites. Uh, Pets 911 is one website, and others where you can just you can actually go and just plug in your zip code and say what type of animal you're looking for, and they can try to find you an animal that's in a rescue group uh, close by where you live. Now, for folks who are interested in doing this, what do they need to think about in terms of assessing whether or not they're really in a position to do it? 
Well, I think that certainly the cost involved in, in owning an animal. I was involved with a uh, cruelty case just yesterday up in Caledonia County, and we seized uh, several animals from a, a home uh, that had 40 chihuahuas uh, living in a very small area in, in unsanitary conditions and a case of you know certainly somebody getting out of hand, but the people were also they were also breeding the animals for profit. So we see these puppy mills in Vermont where you've got these backyard breeders. So I think, number one, you know, when I say go to your shelter, also resist the temptation to get an animal from an ad in the paper where you're not allowed to actually see where the animals are coming from. You don't want to support an industry like puppy mills where animals are kept in these horrific conditions. You never see where the mother and father dogs are living. You simply see the cute puppies, and you never know what conditions that they're, they're forced to live in for the duration of their lives. And also, you know, find who your local shelter is, find out what animals they have, and look at your finances, the cost of food for an animal for a year, the cost of veterinary treatment. If you either buy or adopt an animal who's not neutered already, there's a, there's a cost to sterilization, and certainly we don't want to contribute to the overpopulation problems. Those things need to be considered as well. And, of course, there's always an emergency. I, I get calls from people all the time who are in, you know, horrible situations where their animal has, was hit by a car or came down with a, a horrible disease, and the cost of pet care uh, can be, you know, quite quite extensive. And pets don't always have, although there is health care for pets, and uh, actually you can get pet insurance for your pet, most people don't have that. So, um, you know, those costs that come up that are not expected also need to be considered. What does it mean about our society that this is how we're treating our animals? You mean as far as cruelty cases out there or yeah, not I mean, having the, them? If we look at the scope of this issue, just for this country alone, what does it say about our society that we've allowed this to become mm-hmm. such a, a, a huge issue and that there is so much cruelty and neglect? I, I feel mm-hmm. like it says something, and I'm right. curious what right. your thoughts are. Well, I guess I, I'm the type of person who likes to think of the, the glass being half full instead of half empty. And, uh, and having been in this business myself for more than, more than 20 years, I have seen definite progress for animals. Here in New England, obviously, because this, this is where I have lived and worked, but also nationwide. I mean, there, 20, 20 years ago, there were a lot more than 4 million dogs and cats being killed in animal shelters. So it's, you know, it's hard. Those, you, you can't really put your mind around those numbers when you think about individual animals. But... We have put a bite in the number of animals who are being euthanized every year, and, and a lot of it is, in, is thanks to uh, very proactive programs where people are looking at the whole picture. Feral cats is another piece of this issue where you've got cats, free-roaming cats, who are living in our communities, you know, around dumpsters, in barns, outside. They were, you know, might have been domesticated at one time, but have turned, you know, to their wild side. And these, you know, create huge issues for, for towns, both in animal welfare issues for the animals themselves if they're not being cared for, as well as public health issues for, you know, the possibility of spreading rabies and, and other zoonotic diseases. And sometimes feral cats are in areas where people don't want them to be. So shelters and rescues have been really good about being creative about solutions to the problem that it's not just putting animals into shelters and adopting them, but trying to address the root cause of these problems and trap new to return programs where we have you know, we're engaging people in our community to get involved. And engagement is a word I really I know it's overused, but it's a word that I, I, I use. It's sort of the core focus of the Humane Society of the United States as well, that we can't do this work alone. And I think that most people, most people that I talk to anyway, um, have a very strong love for animals and they, they don't want animals hurt. 
And if we can engage people in our work in creative solutions to tackle some of these problems, I think they are surmountable. I see that progress coming, you know, slower than we probably would all like, but still I see it coming. And I look at other areas of the country. When I go down to Alabama, I was there a few weeks ago after the tornado helping with uh, animal response, and you see how many animals in those southern areas that aren't neutered, you know, don't really get the medical care they, that they deserve or need. But, you know, the people still love their animals, and the, the, the people that I talk to who are just wandering the streets still shell-shocked from losing their homes and everything they own, really all they cared about was finding their animals. So I think there's hope, <laughs> and, I, and I think we need to continue to, to work together and, and partner to and, and focus. And what I like that I'm seeing is that a lot of, especially some of the grants that are being given for programs like this, are really goals-oriented and, and focused on, you know, being able to measure your goal and be able to measure whether a program is a success or not. I mean, it sounds good to go in and do humane education with kids. They're our future, and, you know, we can sort of go on and on about that. But I think if we're not able to measure our programs and measure their success, then what good are we doing? Is that good money going out for bad? Is it is it really coming to the to end product that we want to educate our kids about humane treatment of animals and you know they really are the future as far as being you know the, the pet owners of the future and and being policymakers of the future uh, who are going to make decisions that will affect animals so it's a huge pie and there's so many different pieces of it but I do see hope and better organization and effectiveness by us all working together I think that's great and I'm really glad that you can put a positive sense onto that that there is hope and and I can say, you know, I just adopted my third rescue dog. And, oh, wonderful. And he's just great. And he actually came from Arkansas. If you know anybody who wants a chihuahua, let me know, because I've got 21 of them right now. That 21 I'm chihuahuas. For. <laughs> 21 chihuahuas in northern Vermont. All right. <laughs> Southern Vermont. Southern Vermont. All right. Great. Is there anything you want to add, anything you want to make sure people hear? I think just, you know, here in Vermont, I would love people to just to be aware that uh, we have we have resources here as well. We've got a, uh, a hotline, one eight seven seven nine humane as well as a website, reportanimalcruelty.com, that we've developed to, um, to help people who are concerned about an animal in their community, that there are resources to help through uh, my organization, the Humane Society of the U.S., as well as the Vermont Humane Federation. And we also have an animal cruelty response coalition in the state and a lot of great people who are working together on some of these you know, positive solutions that we talked about earlier. So I just want your listeners to know that there are some resources here in Vermont for them. And you know, certainly check out our website at humanesociety.org, and we've got information about just about any animal-related issue you could think of. So some, some good resources for your listeners. That's great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. Joanne Bourbeau of the Humane Society of the United States. It was very interesting to talk with her. We're going to get into some more music and keep talking about animals tonight. Here's the cat song.
or kicking my dog around. Makes no difference if he's a hound. I'm gonna keep kicking my dog around. Me and Lem Briggs and old Bill Brown took us a little walk to town. My old gym dog, the one we all cuss, he just naturally followed us. As we went by the old Johnson store, passing the gaps, come out the door, yelling and screaming and throwing rocks. Right, my gym dog under a box. Well, Jim seed his duty there and then, he led him to them gentlemen. We're so messed up that quarter square with the rags and the meat and the hide and the hair. Every time I go to town, boys keep a kicking my dog around. Makes no difference if he's a hound. I gotta quit kicking my dog around.
Ricky Lee Jones, Horses, great song. Have you ever known a horse? They're just amazing creatures to relate with. Before that, we heard, They Got a Quick Kick in My Dog. That's Buffy St. Marie from an old album back in the 60s. And we started out with Laura Nero, the cat song about Eddie the cat. I recently adopted a pet from Kelly Pritchard in Arkansas. Let's talk with Kelly now. I'm Kelly Pritchard with Adopt-A-Stray Stray Dog Rescue in Alexander, Arkansas. Kelly, tell me about what you do. Typically what we do is uh, pull dogs that are in high-kill shelters, which here in Arkansas we have an animal control facility in almost every community, and those facilities routinely euthanize very adoptable, wonderful dogs just for the reason of um, not having enough space to house those dogs. So what I do is I get the list um, weekly from my uh, local community shelter and see what dogs are on the list and the ones that I feel like can place, then I go and I pull those dogs and bring them either to my house or to a foster home and keep them there until I find a permanent home for them. How long have you been doing this? Well, I've always been involved in dog rescue almost my whole life. I'm 35 years old. But on this scale, I've been doing this for about a year and a half. I founded Adopt-A-Stray in January of 2010. Tell me... uh... Tell us about the scope of the issue in terms of the numbers of animals that need homes, the numbers of animals being euthanized. What, what's the picture look like? What I can tell you is in my community, which is Benton, Arkansas, uh, that's our, the most local shelter to me. That's the community I grew up in. Um, they take in around 30 dogs a week. Of those 30 dogs, before I founded Adopt-A-Stray, their euthanasia rate was 98%. And that is a very small town. Um, now we have, we're just outside of Little Rock, Arkansas. You can easily quadruple that number um, for, for Little Rock area. So that just kind of gives you an idea. And, and it's like that everywhere in the South. One of the things I've become aware of is that there is kind of an underground railroad bringing especially dogs from the south to the north in the United States. Mm-hmm. What's up yes. with that, and why does it seem like there are more dogs that are homeless in the south? Well, first of all, the reason that we have more dogs in the south that are homeless is because people here do not routinely spay and neuter their dogs like they should. Um, it's my belief that every dog should be spayed and neutered unless it is just some kind of fantastic, show quality, you know, wonderful, no, has no issues, you know, just a really outstanding dog that is, they are going to intentionally breed that dog, you know, for the purpose of producing a high quality dog. Otherwise, if that's not the case, then they should be spayed and neutered. But they don't do that here in Arkansas very often. And so what we have is a lot of unwanted litters of puppies. And what people have resorted to, because the shelters are all full and people think, I don't want them to be euthanized, so they just take them and dump them somewhere. And I don't know why they think that that's better. I mean, in my mind, it's worse for a dog to starve to death than for it to be euthanized. But, you know, for whatever reason, that's what people are doing a lot. And so we get a lot of um, stray dogs, you know, a lot of dogs that have been hit by a car, uh, a lot of puppies that are emaciated and or ill, you know, for whatever reason. But anyway, we, we take in a lot of these dogs, and then we take in a lot of dogs from the shelters. And what we do is we list them on websites like Adopt-A-Pet or Pet Finder, 
And once they get adopted from someone up north, then we put them on our little puppy bus and send them on their way to their new home. And there are lots and lots of transports. There's, I have my own transport. We also have, um, there's Alpha Dog Transport, which is wonderful. Peterson's is wonderful. Um, they, I know there's several others as well, and they all are going from the south up to the northeast where there seems to be a shortage of adoptable puppies and dogs. So. I know I'm a real mush and love animals and really care about them, and I, I know a lot of people are, but I also know a lot of people aren't. And mm-hmm. and so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the human responsibility. You, you just touched on it, but a little more about the human responsibility in creating this situation where there are so many homeless animals. The human responsibility, you know, when you get a pet, the pet should be part of your family. It should be indoors. It should be treated similar to a child. Its medical needs should be met. The problem here is that we have so many dogs that I think that the mentality has become that they are disposable. And uh, and that's probably the case in other places, too. I don't want to just totally bash the South. There's a lot of good people here, and there's a lot of good pet owners here. But that's, that has become the mentality. You know, if my dog messes up, oh, I'll just get rid of it, and there's another one, you know, that I can take in at any time. But the the responsibility should be that, you know, you just like with a child, if your dog messes up, you work with it, you train it, you teach it not to do that again. And you move on, you know, and you just stick with it. And I found that my most of my adopters in the Northeast are like that. You know, they, they'll email me and say, this is what happened today. And, some, you know, one of the dogs did something wrong. And they'll tell me what they're doing to correct it. And they move on. And they keep the dog and they love it just the same, just as if it was their child. Um, so that I think that's the, the biggest thing is that, you know, people are just so willing to give up on their dogs here and, and just, trade them in for a different model, so to speak. Well, I want to offer my personal testimony. I just adopted a dog from you, and he is the sweetest, smartest, most wonderful dog. Everyone who's met him loves him, and I'm so glad that you saved him. Thank you so much. I, I so appreciate you adopting him and giving him such a wonderful home. And, you know, and he is a, a good example. He was a stray. I don't know if he just got away from his owner or if they dumped him. Uh, but I will say that there were a lot of efforts put out to find an owner for him, and no one ever claimed him. So I feel like, you know, maybe the new were off and they didn't want him anymore for whatever reason, so maybe they just went ahead and dumped him on the side of the road and, and some nice people found him and took him in. But um, he is a wonderful dog, and I'm so grateful that he has such a great home now. I'm really glad you're doing the work you're doing, and I hope listeners who feel so moved will either contact your website or another website, people who feel like they have something to offer. I also think uh, it's good to look at, yes, we have compassion, but sometimes people want to take in an animal, and they're really not in a position to do it. That's true. That is very true. And that's something we see a lot, too, and that's, that is a big part of the reason, especially with the economic times that we're in right now, you know, we're having a lot of owner surrender dogs that are, you know, they, they were loved, the people loved them, but they can't care for them. You know, they can't provide, they can't spay or neuter them, they can't provide their veterinary care, they can't even provide their food. Recently, I took in a great Dane. He was a wonderful dog. He was about a year and a half old. Uh, the people had contacted me on Facebook and said, they really just didn't have time for him anymore and what I consider taking him. And I'm I'm a big fan of the giant breeds. I have a Great Dane and a Mastiff myself. They're both rescues. Uh, so I try to always accommodate those breeds. And 
So, of course, I said, yes, I'll take him. And I went to meet them in Greenbrier, Arkansas. And um, this dog was so, so emaciated. And I started questioning him because I thought, this dog's been abused, you know. And I said, what is, why is this dog so thin? Is he sick? I mean, has he seen a vet? What, what is going on? And finally, they just broke down and said, we cannot afford to feed him. We just can't. We just don't have the money to buy food. And I thought, number one, you know, my first thought was, well, why did you wait till he was nearly dead to, you know, seek out help for this dog? But number two, I thought my heart kind of broke for him because I could see that they, in their way, they loved the dog, that they just, they were at their ropes in. They didn't know what to do. Mm. So Certainly the tough economic times are impacting everybody in lots of ways. Oh, absolutely. Well, Kelly, I thank you so much for talking with us about what you're doing about Adopt-A-Pet and keep on with the good work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for adopting Zach. Totally my pleasure. <laughs> All right. That's Kelly Pritchard from Adopt-A-Stray Rescue. Her website is adoptastrayrescue.com. Check that out. We just adopted a dog from Kelly. His name is Zach, and he's really great. He's an awesome dog. He's the third dog I've ever adopted from a rescue, and they've all been really great. So if you can adopt an animal, let's see if we can get some animal lives saved tonight from this episode of Paradigms. Check out Kelly's website. All right, more music. This is the Animal Rescue Song. special love sent from heaven up above and it just can't seem to find the right home and in that home someone's hurting now really needs their special power we can help to put them on the right track They just want to help, but they're someone's pain Don't want to die in vain Remember the golden rule No kill
special love sent from heaven up above, and they just can't seem to find the right home. And if their home, someone's hurting now, really needs their special pal, we can help to put them on the right trail. No kidding, they just want to help with their someone's pain. Don't want to die in vain. Remember the golden rule. No kid.
Okay, so I kicked my dog. I was mean to him before. I guess that's why he walked out my door. I really think. I really wish I could see him some more. was lost but now he's found that's the fiery furnaces we heard the lullaby of the great mother whale to the seal pups before that from Paul Winter and the animal rescue song before that from Carl DeQuire I may be butchering his name all right we have an interview now with Katya from adoptapet.com which is a pretty big website there's a lot of information there, and you can find animals anywhere in the country to adopt. Check that out. Here's Katya. My name is Katya Friedman. I'm the Director of Partnerships and Promotions uh, for AdoptAPet.com. And AdoptAPet.com is North America's largest nonprofit pet adoption website. Um, we have over 10,000 animal shelters and rescue groups listed on our, our site. Of course, we're a free site for the shelters and the rescues as well as for people looking for pets. So we have over 10,000 shelters and, and rescue groups on there, and um, 
We're sponsored by Purina and Bayer Animal Health. They keep us going, being a nonprofit. And, uh, yeah, we're just a bunch of animal-loving folk who are trying to promote pet adoption and support our shelters and rescue groups uh, across the United States and Canada. How's it going? It's going well. We've been growing and growing. We have, you know, millions of people coming onto our website a month looking for adoptable pets. Uh, it's kind of like Match.com or eHarmony, but for shelter animals and people. You know, we, we try to let people out there that if you're whatever kind of pet you're looking for, there is one to adopt. And if there's not one to adopt right this second, we have really cool features like um, we have something called Search Saver, where you give us your email and what you're looking for and that kind of information. And then we ping you. We send you an email whenever an animal that matches what you're looking for uh, that fits the criteria comes into our database. Wow. So we're always trying to match make and, and make it easy for people to do the right thing. That's very cool. Can anyone adopt an animal or is there a reference check? What do what kind of is uh what's the procedure? It's a good question. Well we actually connect people right with shelters and rescue groups. So um basically we're like the matchmaking service and what happens uh, um after you make the connect, it happens apart from us. We always try to let our shelters and rescues know that we'd love to know you know, when it's is made through our website, and sometimes we find out that information and sometimes we don't. But if you go to adoptapet.com and you hit, you know, search dogs or search gerbils or, yeah, there's a tab for um, dogs, cats, and then other animals, and that's where you would get, like, the small animals and pigs and anything you want. And if you go to a, a pet's profile, um, we give you the shelter or rescue group's email, contact uh, information, uh, name, address that they provide, everything. So then you go directly to them. And every shelter and rescue group might have a different system or protocol. Shelters are, uh, for the most part, you can just come and adopt a pet. But rescue groups, most of them have home check requirements. And, you know, they, they try very hard uh, to make sure that the pet is going to the most suitable home. Being that rescue groups really save a lot of animals' lives right from uh, from being euthanized, they, they you know, they, they, they really try to make sure animals never go back to the shelter because they, they save them from that life. I just adopted a pet from a rescue, and he's wonderful. And the, the adoption oh. process was really great. Uh, the reference check, they wanted to know who my vet was. They wanted to know who my housemates were and my landlords, and they wanted contact information. They wanted to know wow. what my experience was, was with animals and if I could afford... You know, they asked really good, sensible questions that could help people also weed themselves out if they're actually not in a position to do it. Wonderful. That's so great because they want to support the animal, um, you know, most of all, but they also want to support you as the adopter and make sure that rescue and, and adoption is a fun and, um, and uh, an easy and supported process for you. That's so cool to hear. Yeah, it's really great. and It's a wonderful dog. Is there any other... Uh, real message you want to make sure gets out because what you said is really clear. Oh, thank you. Well, I just want, you know, I, I, I think uh, I want people to know, and uh, we at adoptapet.com want people to know that, you know, everybody can do their part. Everybody can do their part to um, uh, help animals just by, uh, you know, choosing adoption when you uh, want a pet. That's a number one way to always help. But there's, always, there's also so many other ways to help. There's always something you can do. On our website, we have a tab that's called Lend a Helping Paw, and it's a volunteer tab. And um, if you fill out a profile with us at, uh, on adoptedpet.com, we then let rescues in your zip code, in your area, know 
that uh, you're a volunteer who wants to get involved, and they will, you know, make it easy for you to do whatever kind of volunteer work you want, whether you can foster, or uh, fostering is a great way to give back, uh, or just walk dogs, or give some cats some TLC, or, you know, just sit in front of your computer while you're at work and, and help us uh, update animals' profiles and, and pictures onto adoptstat.com. Whatever you can do, there's a way that you can help uh, from the comfort of your home or, or getting out there with the pets. So we really want to stress that to people. Everyone's a part of making these homeless pets' lives better. Everyone's a part of the solution. That's great. That sounds awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Katja, for talking with me. Oh, you're a pleasure to speak to. Thank you again for, for thinking of us. Katja Friedman. Very interesting to hear about what their organization is doing. And they're sponsored by a couple of big corporations. And uh, it's good to see those corporations doing some good work with their money. All right, let's get into some more music. Here's the puppy song from Harry Nilsson. Dreams are nothing more than wishes And a wish is just a dream you wish to come true So very lucky Just to have some company To share a cup of tea with me I take my puppy everywhere La 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 la, I wouldn't care But we would stay away from crowds Besides that said no A dream you wish to come true. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dreams you are nothing true. more you than wishes, and a wish you wish is just true. a dream. Your wish will come true. Wish to come true. Your wish will come true. Your wish will come true. Whoa, whoa.
Straightening out your back legs Stretching in my arms Yawning, blinking, curling back around Your dismissive glances Slapping me back somehow Meow, meow, meow
Hugged the Hound from Kelly Stoltz. And we heard Cheryl Wheeler before that with a song called Meow. And we started out with the puppy song from Harry Nilsson. And if that song doesn't make you want to adopt a puppy, well, I just don't know. <laughs> really cute. If you've ever related with an animal, you know how wonderful they are and what they can add to your life. And if you never have, you might want to check it out, you know go hang out with a friend's pet or go to an animal shelter or an animal rescue and hang out with the animals and see what you can learn from our non-human friends or just what you can feel with them. They're really amazing. They're so innocent and they really just give out a lot of love. And even when they've been traumatized, they tend to really just want to love and be loved. It's what they are about. All right, well, we have one more interview for tonight. And then we'll be closing up the show, and we've got a little tribute to someone after this interview. Let's hear from Martina in New Mexico. My name is Martina Olguin, and I live in Las Vegas, New Mexico. What do you do with animal rescue in New Mexico? Just about everything. (laughs) Um, I kind of started off focusing on low-cost bay and neuter services, and we live in a very rural pretty poor area of northern New Mexico and um, the needs just kind of exploded and I deal with puppies and kittens, dogs. I work closely with the shelter, everything that you can imagine. What's it been like for you to do this work? Uh, it's it's really overwhelming. It can be amazingly gratifying. I mean, the homes that I get for these dogs, I just, you know, I, I just know when they've met their people and they've met their family is amazing. And at the same time, it breaks my heart. I cry myself to sleep. Some of the things I've seen are, are, are not human, are not things that we should do to each other as human beings, or we should do to animals that give us their trust and their heart. So it's, it's amazing and it's horrible at the same time. Something I'm really interested in and have been asking people about is what it means about a society, the way we treat animals. Well, well that's a, a thought that I think about a lot. And I, don't, I, haven't ha- I haven't come to a satisfying answer for myself. Like I said, I live in Las Vegas, New Mexico. I grew up here. I've been away for a while, but I grew up here. And, you know, these are people that I know and that, you know, are, have families and they're good people. And I, I, it really concerns me about, you know, how we treat our animals. Um, I don't know if it's a reflection of ourselves. I, I, I don't know. I talk with a lot of people about this. I really have spent a lot of time thinking just about that issue. Um, and, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I think these are animals are amazing and they trust us and they, and they give themselves to us to help care for them. And we treat them so horribly. The abuse, the neglect is horrendous. I mean, I understand why you don't have an answer because it seems like it's 
it's a process question more than a question we can have a substantive answer to. And at the same time, clearly something's wrong. Yes. So you, you're doing this work, and it sounds like you're having an impact in your community. I hope so. <laughs> if you look at the big picture, what is working in terms of animal rescue? I know, I do know that spay neuter is the key. Spay neuter is going to turn the tide. We, you know, we offer low cost spay neuter services here through the Santa Fe Animal Shelter, which is a much bigger community and a community with more resources. And their mobile van comes to up here to northern New Mexico. We have, at any given time, we have a 10 page waiting list of people trying to get their animals on. So we know that people are out there. We still need to reach more people, but I am certain that doing low-cost spay-neuter services as widespread as possible will be the key. Also, education. Getting, you know, into childhood, getting into to elementary schools um, where children go home and, you know, can tell their parents, oh, we talked about this at school, or why do we have... Buddy, the dog chained up outside. You know, at school they said that wasn't really good for them. Um, I think that's also going to be the key in changing, you know, making the change for future generations. You must know some great vets. I do actually know some amazing vets. I'm I'm really proud to work with some great vets. My personal vet um, is Dr. Brainerd, and when I spoke with you earlier, I was on my way out to visit him for one of my own dogs who seems to have canine influenza. And we work with an amazing vet clinic in um, Albuquerque called the Good Shepherd Vet Clinic. And what they do for rescue is amazing. I mean, we could not vet the kinds of severe situations that we come across without their help. They go above and beyond, and they charge us so little. (laughs) So they are amazing. It's really great. These animals... They look to us to, to take care of them, to be their caregivers and to, to love them, and we can't betray them. We can't, you know, leave them on the end of the chain in the front of their yard. We can't leave them in the shelter, you know, to die. They're living creatures, and we have to, to treat them as such. They're not disposable. They're not, you know, you know, at the end of the day, someone has to put the needle in them to euthanize them. Someone is not feeding their dog. Someone is dumping the, the litter of kittens. And these are living things, and we can't treat that lightly. I really appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Martina. Martina from AnimalWelfareNewMexico.org. Very personal work, you can tell, by listening to what Martina had to say, working with animals. All right, we're going to get into a little more music, and then we'll be back to close out the show with our tribute to Phoebe Snow. Here's The Police on Paradigms on WBKM.
That one's called Kitten on the Keys. It's kind of a classic ragtime piano piece. That one was performed by Maurice Perez, but there are many versions of it out there, and it really does sound like a kitten on the keys. Before that, we heard Behind My Camel from the police. Phoebe Snow passed away a few weeks ago. I first became aware of her when her musical career was starting out in the early 70s, and she toured and actually saw her perform. Uh, she opened the show for Jackson Brown in Burlington, Vermont in 1974 when she was pregnant with her daughter. Valerie, who turned out to have uh, some serious brain injuries. And so Phoebe, while she continued her career, really dedicated her life to caring for Valerie. And when Valerie died a few years back, Phoebe made a new album and did a little bit of touring. Not too long after that, she suffered a stroke and was in a coma for a year and then died recently. The album she made is called Natural Wonder. We're going to hear the title track as we end the show tonight. And wish Phoebe Snow a great journey wherever she is, whatever she's doing, whatever she's become. Her music really added to the world, and we're grateful for her presence. So have a great week. We'll be back with Paradigms again next week. And hopefully you will consider adopting a pet, save a life, as a result of tonight's show. And if you do, shoot me an email, baruch at mcn.org. I'd love to hear about it and uh, even mention it on the show. All right, out we go. This is Natural Wonder by Phoebe Snow on Paradigms on WBKM. Our love is one, fully lined and waterproof To keep away the cold and rainy days our love is crisp with a distinctive flavor that lasts and lasts and never lies. Cascading up, bathing in a landscape of my fears, drumming of my palpitations, drumming of my heart, ringing in my ears, healing tears, laughing clown, flying soaring off the ground.
to cry Crying makes me tough Not afraid to feel I never feel enough Now I can confront you And I can face you Cause no matter how been listening to Paradigms on WBKM.org.